Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. This is episode 23. It is November 24th that we are recording. We are so happy to be here. We have a ton of news to get through and a ton of dad jokes to tell. So let's start with our resident father here uh, of jokes. I, okay, let's start <laughs> over with that joke. <laughs> um, be very careful because that would be the weirdest way to announce that. <laughs> that Sean, I was entering the priesthood. Um, Sean, how's it going? <laughs> oh, it's going absolutely lovely. I'm ready. Um, I, you know, just got like, you know, uh, pretty much uh, all of my therapy appointments are moved to today because of the short week. So r- right then and there, I'm just absolutely ready to just tell you guys everything about what's wrong with me. So uh, let's start at page one. No, um, I uh, first of all, I just want to say at the top of this. Oh, thank you. He's got a little clipboard for me. Um, <laughs> I want to say at the top of this um, that this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, um, and it is coming out on Wednesday, November 25th. That is when my beautiful fiance, Sam, will be turning 30 years old. And so I wanted to just wish at the top a happy birthday to her. She's wonderful. She definitely doesn't want to come on the pod right now. She's very busy with other stuff. But um, I'm just absolutely, you know. Like, I, I could I could I could go for two hours with that so I won't but she is just absolutely wonderful amazing beautiful woman and happy birthday to you Sam I hope you enjoy your 30th birthday do you have anything good planned for her do you want to spoil it here like you almost did the engagement that was bad when I almost did <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean I spoiled it by being too scared to like actually like say anything during the podcast so that's <laughs> but um, no, uh, you know, we have a we have a lovely day. It's it's tricky with quarantine and especially with, uh, you know, I recently had to go like full blown quarantine because uh, I was exposed to someone. I've tested negative, so I think I'm OK. I think we're going to have a lot of family like come over in the driveway and uh, it'll be a nice, lovely day. There you go. Very good. Well, we do have a lovely guest with us this week returning once again. Uh, Brando Critic, what's going on up there? Uh, not too much. What's funny is I was going to say that I'm actually at work right now. And I'm getting a work phone call, so I will be right back. I'm actually curious. <laughs> anyway, here we go. So listen, um, about Sam. Uh... <laughs> Brandon did warn me that that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> Sam just asked us to bleep out her age for the recording. So oh. um, she does not want us to say that she's going to be 30 tomorrow. So we'll have to bleep out the fact that she is 30. Uh, and I will try to find any time that we mention that she is 30 in the podcast. When yeah, I am. you just got to make sure, you know, you got to think about when we said that she is 30 <laughs> and zero in on when she is 30. And then we'll make sure that, you know, we'll bleep out when she, we say that she's 30. And if you're not here for the rest of the week, we know why you have been murdered. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, apparently you do. <laughs> be end of <laughs> We're in quarantine. You can't come here. Yeah, um, exactly. Anyway. All right, so let's move on a little bit. We've had um, quite the week of movie news that we'll get to, but we want to start off with what we've been watching. Um, we, I'm going to turn to you first, Sean, because you have a lengthier list, but we have um, two that bleed over, so hit me. So the ones I went over, and if we want to talk about these together, we can a little bit yep. later, but um, just right from the beginning, run, really good basic thriller, yeah. and basic thriller sounds like an insult. It's not. This one was really just well done perfectly. Um, the next one is The Orange Years, the documentary about the uh, rise of Nickelodeon. The one thing that bothered me about that documentary is they tried to make it the rise and fall. And it's like, no, that's not what happened with Nickelodeon. They're like, but then they, be- then they had SpongeBob and made billions of dollars. It's like, 
it seems a little bit odd that that was how they ended that one. Listen, listen, listen. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. I don't think that's a. I don't think it was a fall. I think what they did was spent the first you know hour and twenty some minutes explaining that the, there was a kids focus mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire development of Nickelodeon, which kept them from a lot of those merchandising deals and things like that. But when you had big hits like SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer, uh, and the way that media had shifted, you had to go into that. I don't. I don't know that it was like a, a fall. The only fall for Nickelodeon is they canceled Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, I just can't ever forgive them. I mean, that might not be the only fall, but um, I, I I look at it as you know, it was just tricky because I loved the entire documentary, and then at the very end, it's like then they started selling toys about SpongeBob, and I'm like, okay. Like they're still listening to kids. They still like love kids. Yeah, they're like you know bleeding money from them for toys, which is always like a little bit. <laughs> but but there was something about it where like I I understood what they were doing, but they just rushed it really quick. Like you know it was just like beautiful, beautiful. We talk about kids, and then all of a sudden SpongeBob, bad. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob and Dora fucked everything up. <laughs> it was like whoa, that was very quick, very fast. Brandon, what just I, to catch what did I just, miss? Just to yeah. catch up, we're talking about the uh, Orange Years, which is a documentary on Nickelodeon or about Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, and what uh, Sean was just pointing out was that the whole movie talks about sort of their kids focus the entire time and then sort of changes to near the end when it's like, and then SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer came around and they made millions and merchandise out the ass and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was funny. I never watched SpongeBob as a kid. I might be like one of the only kids. Like, and it was my generation too. Yeah. I just, for some weird reason, we just never watched SpongeBob. I don't know. Maybe it was like my parents saw it and they're like, "Oh, this is silly. This is ridiculous." I'm not too sure. You have to ask them. But uh, <laughs> go get yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny. Like at my work, I have um, whenever just like a random phone call comes in, just about like some weird rental, and it's not about a certain show. They all come to me, so I just get the most random phone calls, and they're just <laughs> people who are like, "Oh, how would how much it would cost to get like this thing, which I don't know the name of." <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to rent, dude. So anyway, send me a picture. <laughs> yeah, I just told him to email me. Just I'll deal with it later. There you go. All right, we're in the middle of what Sean's been watching, Sean. Uh, so the next one was uh, a, the Jude Law Carrie Coon marriage drama, The Nest, which could have been way better, which is an unfair critique of a movie. But in this case, it was trying to be something that it didn't reach the heights to be. I know that's a little bit of an odd way to say it, but I was a little bit bummed out. I thought that, like, you know, they didn't really connect the puzzle pieces very well, and it kind of bummed me out. Um, I watched, uh, you know, Sam wanted to watch The Sound of Music last night. Very disappointed. Not one scene with Riz Ahmed. Um, I think I watched the wrong movie. Um, and then, uh, uh, oh, come on. The dad jokes. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the next two, or the next three, excuse me, but uh, the, the next two, If Anything Happens, I Love You from Netflix. It's a 12-minute animated short that will make you cry and make you feel devastated. It is absolutely heartbreakingly beautiful. Definitely watch it. Um, the Star Wars Lego Holiday Special, I thought it was average. And by saying I thought it was average, people like, you know, considered that me saying that Jesus was average. Um, but uh, personally, I think that it was a very, very, very well-written, like fun half of a uh, short. And then the other half just kind of was about this holiday party trying to like, you know, like, like bring in the holiday special there. I think they had a really, really fun idea that had nothing to do with the holidays that was way better. And they should have stuck with that, which was very funny and like very, you know, well done. Um, I watched today, uh, Belushi, the documentary on Showtime about, uh, you know, um, John Belushi. 
absolutely incredible. I'm still working on my notes for that one. So I'm, I got to keep my thoughts like, <laughs> in my head, but uh, you know, it's, it was a very beautiful, well done documentary um, for, you know, something like, you know, st- like pretty straightforward, but still pretty great. Um, and then the one I skipped, and this is the one I want to talk about the most. Um, this is because th- th- what's going on here is nuts, but Steve McQueen made five movies. <laughs> like Steve McQueen made five movies and technically they're television, but they're not, they're not, they're going to, they're going to be nominated for Emmys, but these are absolutely not like tele. These are pure cinematic movies um, right. and they are episodes. I watched um, the first one mangrove um, and it is uh, um, I'm going to say this in the most simplistic fashion and apologies for saying in the most simplistic fashion, but it is literally the black trial of the Chicago seven. Um, it is basically, and they actually take place close to the same time. And it, they literally were called the Mangrove Nine. And it, it is kind of one of these wonder, like wondrous situations where it takes place with like just pure racism is going on there against the cops. And you know they are put on trial because they are suspected of causing a riot, of which they definitely didn't cause a riot. And it's very, very good with its legal drama. It just shows like, and it's unfortunate because I love Trial of Chicago 7, but it shows like Steve McQueen just like as a filmmaker, it's like, whoa, he is just bringing something very different to this um, in his weird aspects, his like very weird camera angles that just work for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I am blown away, but I can't wait to watch the rest of this quote unquote mini series, which is just, I can't wait to watch Steve McQueen's second film that he filmed this. He filmed five movies this year. I still, I'm never going to get over that. That's insane. I love it. doesn't sleep. The guy doesn't sleep at all. Not at all. Like that, that is an impossibility, but I absolutely, you know, so that's my uh, full list there. Um, Really, really good movies there. You know, good stuff. All right. I'll let you guys go. (laughs) Can I back up though? Cause I missed the dad joke a little bit. Um, I was reading the outline and I missed you talking about the sound of music. Did you actually watch the sound of music or was it sound of music? So I watched uh, the sound of music instead of the sound of metal, which stars Riza Med. Um, yes. Okay. It so, wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. Like no, I'm getting it very I'm like what? in a whole nother world with this Riz, Riz Ahmed uh, movie. So you still haven't watched that. It's not out yet. Never mind. It's not out yet. Unfortunately, no. I'm still waiting on that one, but. All right, we're going to bring it back together while uh, Brandon is telling us what he's been watching. I am going to try to re-fucking focus. <laughs> uh, I love The Sound of Music. It is one of my all-time it favorite movies. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, okay, well, in terms of what I've seen recently, uh, the new movies I've seen and are coming out very, very soon, uh, Crudes, New Age. Uh, I did not expect to like that movie that much. <laughs> I was thinking about giving it a five out of five. Whoa! But I, I slept on it. I'm like, okay, I that if I gave it a five out of five, it would have been just like a the out of the theater. Oh my god, that was amazing! Kind of chills. So I didn't do that. I gave it a four out of five because I, I really did enjoy it. And then happiest season um, coming to, and this is the thing: Hulu is not in Canada, right. so it's coming to Hulu in America. But I don't know how it's coming to Canada just yet because it's. It's from a different distributor, but that one was um, the LBG. Oh my God. LGBTQ2 plus. That's what uh, my university was pushing. Um, that the, way, the way we say it. Christmas comedy. Not bad. I actually laughed quite a few times in it. Um, and after every Brando show, I watch a 4K movie. And so the last two Brando shows, I watched Wizard of Oz in glorious 4K. That movie is just perfect. 
it's a perfect movie. It's amazing. And then uh, Batman Begins, which um, again, I forgot how much I loved that movie. And then I watched these two movies and I'd never seen these before. And my reaction videos are coming out very, very soon. The Godfather. I finally saw The Godfather. And this one. Tell, oh. me, about, tell me about Fifth Element. Did you this like is, it? This is the most, uh, yes. Okay. This is one of the most bizarre movies I've ever seen. It's like just put every single fucking idea that you have in a blender and just put like, it's, I'd, I'd say the best word to describe it is funky. It's a funky movie and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely, definitely style over substance, but the style is just so crazy and wacky and over the top that it is worth a watch for sure. So I'm going to be upgrading my copy on Black Friday from DVD to 4K. I can't wait to do that. Uh-huh. And yeah, that is what I've seen recently. So those two movies will have reaction videos coming very, very soon. Awesome. I love The Fifth Element. That's one of those movies that um, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. Um, right. It's just, it's such a, a fascinating like snapshot of a sci-fi movie in, you know, I think it came out late 90s or... 97, or, I think. Yeah. It's just, it's something special. Sean, have you seen it? Unfortunately, I haven't. And this is one that I've had on the list for a while. Um, it's just one of those ones where, you know, the quarantine needs to last a couple more years because, like, at this point, it's just like I still have all the movies I've been ashamed of watching. So I'm just really, like, I, I'd like to, I, I would like to see that. And I think it's available, ah, HBO Max, I think. Um, but, I'm not, like, I've been not looking sure. through all of them. It's a good one. I definitely recommend it. Um, it's very yeah. enjoyable. 97 is when it came out. And also, Jesus. Joe, Chris Tucker, that was the role that Prince was made for, right? Like, yeah. that's Prince. Yeah, but totally. and I'll tell you that I can't see Chris Tucker in anything else without thinking about his role in a fifth, The Fifth Element, because it's so damn funny. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> My dad and I do that to each other often, because he likes uh, The Fifth Element, but we always yeah. do the, like, um, so we're really special people anyway. Um, all right, let's move on. And, uh, I guess I can tell you what I've been watching. I watched only three films in the past week. Um, was a little preoccupied, but I did watch, uh, the orange years just as Sean did. I very much enjoyed it. Just a all around good documentary on Nickelodeon. Uh, and it was very nostalgic. Um, cause I, I remember a lot of those shows and even some other ones that, uh, I didn't remember right off the bat when they mentioned them and started talking about them. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about watching that. Um, that's like back in the TRL days. It was like Nickelodeon total request live on MTV, all the weird stuff that we would watch as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I then watched Netflix versus the world, which is another documentary from the same filmmakers, um netflix versus the world is available on amazon prime video in the states and it is exactly what you would think it would be but it's the history of netflix a lot of really good interviews with uh individuals that are or have been involved from the beginning um a lot of them are no longer involved reed hastings the current ceo notably was not a part of this um Mm -hmm. but the co-founder was so it really talks through kind of how they started up back in the 90s which was wild you don't realize that, but they started all the way back then. Um, and it was really good. It's one of those films that's very, very heavy on uh, information. Um, right. And, you know, when you're talking about business items in a documentary, you're not going to, you know, it can be a little boring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it was very informative, very well done. And then I also watched Run, which I very much enjoyed. It is uh, cookie cutter in a lot of ways, but also just done very well. Um, keeps you guessing a little bit. Uh, and Sarah Paulson, I just absolutely love. Absolutely love Sarah Paulson in this. Um, Brandon, did you watch Run yet? Uh, no, I didn't. I wasn't able to get a screener for that one. Okay. So I, I missed that one. But uh, I've, I've seen a lot of reviews for it. And apparently it's thumbs up for everyone that I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Uh, it's one that I think would have done really well in theaters, to be honest. It's it was a good grab for Hulu, in my opinion. Um, all right. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Oh, nope. I was just, I was just going to ask, like, and again, this could go down a deep rabbit hole. But I was thinking because, you know, I've the last movie that I saw in theaters that was to be released in theaters was Freaky mm-hmm. on Friday the 13th. And I'm like, this feels so strange sitting in a movie theater watching a film that has come out this day. And, you know, when I remember when Extraction came out, like everyone was reviewing that movie because it's like, oh, my God, we're getting a big movie to Netflix. And then everyone loved it. But everyone's review and even me, I even said, like, it's kind of the free fallacy where we're a bit more lenient on the movie because, hey, we just got it on Netflix. We didn't have to go out of our house. We didn't have to pay for anything. We didn't have to do all this stuff. Whereas if we saw this in theaters, we may have been a bit more hard on it. So I'm wondering, are people like a lot of straight to VOD movies or straight to streaming, a lot of reviews. And even in my reviews, we go like, oh, it was not bad. Three out of five, four out of five. But then again, most of the reviews that I've done four out of fives for, I'm like, oh yeah, I I rated that movie a really high review. What was that movie again? (laughs) So again, is that like our, our perception of movies changing because we're watching them at home you know what i mean do you understand where i'm trying yeah to... yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I think it's the opposite for me only because there's certain movies that i think i would have enjoyed more if i saw them in theaters um getting okay. the full effect of sound usage and visuals um there mm-hmm. and you know most of the time when a film is going well, I-, I guess i would say like early pandemic <laughs> can we can we start categorizing timeline times of the pandemic yeah. well they got different waves <laughs> You know, yeah. first first wave, yeah. second wave. During the first wave, the first wave of films we were getting were shit films. And a lot of times the films that mm-hmm. end up being bought by Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or whatever are films that otherwise weren't, um, didn't have a lot of support behind them. And so they were able to get them cheap. The studio was able to make its money back right off the bat. Uh, and Netflix gets to say we have a new release. But um, I don't like most of them, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Extraction's one I really liked, and I think I really would have liked it in theaters too because I love action movies in theaters. Right. Um, so I think Run for me falls into that as well, just because it was just in terms of how the film was made, it was a very well made film. I don't know, mm-hmm. Sean, if you agree with that. I think like when it comes down to it, it's not that we're like thankful that we're like you know seeing a movie on Netflix, or we're thankful that we're see- we're, we're thankful for seeing a movie. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. It's like we yeah. saw an action movie with Chris Hemsworth in April, which, I don't, we, yeah, we're not doing like, you know, stages of the pandemic yet, but that was the lowest of the low. That was like, you know, hey, March was like, you know, hey, it's exciting. We all stay on our couches forever. And then like, you know, around April, it was like we just saw the move, like the, the year of movies be decimated. Either it's been stripped yeah. for parts, it, they've been thrown to 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've been like you know brought on to VOD, um, brought on to like or like you know they said like oh we're still going to release it in theaters and it's like well, what in the world is that like that can't happen yeah. 
And so I think it was one of those things where extraction was the perfect moment. Like we talked about on a previous episode where, you know, extraction is the number one Netflix movie on Netflix's chart, which means absolutely nothing. But, um, you know, it's the number one Netflix movie because that was the that was a really, really tough time for everyone where it's like, oh, wait, no, it's not going to be great to not see friends all the time. And it's (laughs) it's not going to be great. And that's where, like, you know, people got a little bit worried. So the human psyche said Chris Hemsworth is an action movie that is good. That is, you know, good. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. pushes a little bit too much of an emotional story, which is a little bit much, but it's just a good story. It's a good, like, you know, solid movie. Yeah. And that's where it comes down. Run is almost close to the same thing. I think Run is a little bit better. I think, um, right. it, but it's the same deal where it's like we're seeing something with Sarah Paulson. We're seeing something that is, you know, oh, I'm going to say this word. I'm going to say this word. I'm going to say this word. We're seeing like a prestige horror. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, oh, we're seeing something. Pretty much when you look at it, the bones of this are solid. And, you know, then again, you're going to just enjoy it and you're going to enjoy every part of it. You could say like, you know, well, technically she wouldn't have been able to make it across the street with the wheelchair. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're just going to like enjoy something that is just really well done and constructed. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I get what you guys are going going for. Yeah. I also know you're pretty much you're making a solid point though with this. And also you just like mm. mentioned Freaky, and I'm just very sad that right now I have not seen Freaky before my eyes yet. Yeah. You know what? To be fair though, that one is a, a very take it or leave it kind of movie <laughs> where it's like if you watch it, you'll enjoy it, but you don't have to see it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I had fun with it. I, it. it's it's a movie that I could see turning into like cult movie status. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, that is kind of hard to, to gauge because it, it turns into a cult movie years, years. down the road. Yeah. Not, not the day it right. comes out, but, you know. December 4th on VOD, we'll be getting freaky. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, hey, let's move into some of the news that we have. Uh, the, we're going to start with some of the superhero-related news. First and foremost is that Black Panther 2 is set to begin filming in July, uh, which I think is a little bit earlier than a lot of us expected, especially in... Uh, you know, the aftermath of Chadwick Boseman passing. Um, most of the film is expected, most of the film's cast is expected to return. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, but Tanak Huerta, who was in Narcos Mexico uh, on Netflix, has joined the cast as the as an unnamed villain. Um, a lot of rumors that he will be playing Namor, as Namor was teased in Avengers uh, Endgame. Um, with the uh, talk of a seismic activity off the coast of Wakanda. Um, So Namor is pretty much Marvel's Aquaman. Um, Mm. I think it's okay to start talking about this now. What do we expect them to do with the character of Black Panther? Recast him. Really? Whoa. What other other options are there? Uh, You're not going to have Javik Boseman in it. No, well, no. <laughs> I think uh, Letitia Wright um, takes over the mantle of uh, royalty is what has been the big move. Um, and I, I think recasting him is a bit of a PR nightmare, considering how beloved yeah. he is. And I understand sure. what you're saying, like, you know, but it's just one of those things where and, you know, they, they did it easily with, you know, other I don't know about other actors who passed away, but they've done it with other actors who have like, you know, con- contractual negotiations where I was just like, you know, that isn't Terrence Howard when I was watching Iron Man too. Um, yeah. And it was, but that's a very different situation. But with this, I think that you're right. He obviously 100%, he cannot be in it. Yeah. Um, if they CG'd him. 
No, they can't do it. They, they don't have enough stuff to do it. Like, and they've even, said they're not going to. Yeah, yeah, they said they're not going to. I think this is a situation where – well, this is what tells me right mm-hmm. now, and uh, you were saying it, it's very surprising that they're doing it this early. They have a plan, and they have a plan that's going to – you know, who, who knows what that plan is going to be. This means they probably already have a script going. And honestly, and you know, slightly unfortunately, they probably had a script going. Um, you know, the moment he passed, and you know, they started to say, "All right, so we are having someone else take up the mantle." Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's got to be Letitia Wright. Um, I think she's first of all, I didn't mention her in uh, the small axe movie Mangrove. She's unbelievable. Not that, that means you become like the the next uh, Black Panther, but I think you know, Black Panther is not. It's it's a pretty gender gender neutral title, and you know, you the Black Panther could be a woman, and I think she was kind of cooler than. Well, no, yeah, actually, she was a little bit cooler than uh, T'Challa at times. Like she was a little bit smarter than T'Challa at times. Mm-hmm. She had that part down. Now, are we suggesting this is kind of like Q taking over for Bond a little bit? If we're <laughs> going to make that very unfair comparison, <laughs> but she was also someone that kicked ass in Black Panther, and I love the idea of her being replaced um i mean recasting just i i i did think about this of course and unfortunately i did but it, it, right. it's just something where i don't know what avenue it goes down i think yeah. you're exactly right i think we're getting surrey as black panther mm-hmm. um I, they they really did make it more of an black panther is an idea it's something that you it's a role that you take on mm-hmm. um and they really made that apparent in that kind of flashback weird um lion king-esque scene where he's talking to like all the previous Black Panthers and things like that. So I do think that that's where we're going. And they kind of set her up well for this in the sense that where I see the comparison to Q, but you're also seeing that she has had a huge role in Endgame in particular, Infinity War, Infinity War, with um, trying to remove the stone from um, uh, Vision. Vision. So I'm... I'm all for that. Um, I'm just very interested to see how they make that transition if that's the route they go. Yeah, because like, what are they gonna do? like if they go down that route, which I think can work and will work, but is just like at the beginning of the movie, does it start with T'Challa just being gone? He does he die off screen? You know what I mean? Or do they just recast him and then bring on the mantle at the end of this movie? So it's like I I can't imagine. Black Panther 2 starting with T'Challa just being gone from the movie without any explanation. And if they have him pass away in the movie, I think that would just be yeah, that's our nightmare too. So it's like, well, yeah, you can give it to Suri, right? But how there's, there's got to be that. How do you go about period. that? Does it just go boom? Well, my way of doing that is like we talked about how it's you, you can't do a CGI version of him. I think no. you can if he's passing a mantle. Um, and I don't know how that goes. I don't know if that goes respectably. I don't know how that, you know, if it's just a nod and, um, you know, but it it is going to be, it will be some, God, yeah, I really don't know. But yeah, but the biggest thing, and that's the Black Panther is an idea and it doesn't have to be T'Challa. I want him to be T'Challa. I want him to come back. Let's just have him come back, please. I just want Chadwick Boseman back. We're also talking about a mass character, right? So it's, we could see Black Panther, uh, in the film at the beginning in some some fashion, and then they could do something where it's like the back of the head type thing or yeah, whatnot yeah. to make that transition. I don't know. I, I trust that they'll do it tastefully. Um, is but- uh, Coogler directing uh, too? He, he is. 
Okay, so he'll do no wrong, and everything that he's going to do is perfect, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're fine, this is this scoop that we're talking about. Um, I, one thing I wanted to bring up here, and this is just not even like having to do with uh, the Bozeman situation, but uh, there have been theories of uh, Michael B. Jordan's character being alive. Yay or nay? Um, I say nay because I think he was so perfect in the first, and his ending is perfect. But also I say yay because his, I love his character so much. I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, in comic book world, no one is really gone to quote Luke Skywalker <laughs> from episode nine. So, I mean, really, you, you can bring back anyone, anyone you want. So the possibility is there. But and again, I, I, I always use this as a crutch. I say likable characters, intriguing story, emotional investment. As long as you have those three, you can have, yeah. you know, uh, him come back as an ice cream salesman. I mean, whatever, but <laughs> that would that would piss off the comic book, uh, the fan base. But, you know, if it works, it works. If they can do it with um, with the story in mind and it works, then sure. Why not? I was just I, I don't even know I want to say this because it's popping into my mind right now, but I'm wondering if they do some sort of retcon thing where it's like a time travel type thing where like Absolutely. they go back and it's kind of a lot of the first movie for some reason, very like prisoner of Azkaban ish where they go back and they're trying mm. to like influence what happens, but it's not T'Challa because he can't, for some reason it's Surrey. And that's how you get Michael B. Jordan's character back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but who knows? You know, uh, one thing, as you said, Brandon is uh, people are never really dead in those movies. And that is the cornerstone of uh, Deadpool in these films. Um, mm. Deadpool is one that keeps coming back from the dead in the films, but also it looks like we are getting a third one from Disney and it will be rated R is the heavy rumor. Uh, but what we found out recently is that, uh, the first steps towards a third film have been taken in that the Molyneux sisters, Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux-Leoglin, who we're going to talk about again in a couple of minutes, um, they have been brought on as writers they're best known as uh, writers on an Emmy award-winning writers on Bob's Burgers, the animated film or animated TV show, um, which I personally love. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this, Brandon? Are you excited for uh, another Deadpool? Uh, I'll I'll say well, personally, I'll say yes because it helps the economy of my hometown. <laughs> because uh, you know Ryan Reynolds being from my hometown and filming all the Deadpool movies in my hometown and me working in a film studio in my hometown, you get the picture. But uh, in terms of my own personal enjoyment, um, I enjoyed Deadpool. I enjoyed Deadpool too. I don't love it as much as everyone else does. It's, I don't see this as this magnum opus, right? Um, again, if like, it, it's it's weird for me to say, it's just, yeah, if wow. again, if they're likable characters, if they're this, if they're this, then let's do it. But it's, for me right now, it's very hard, very, very, very difficult for me to go, oh my God, a comic book movie's coming out? What? You know what I mean? We're, get, we're getting, like, you know what I mean? We're getting yeah. so many of them. It's hard for me now to get excited about a comic book movie, about a superhero movie, a third Deadpool movie in a franchise with so many different X-Men movies. But you know what? If it makes a lot of money, if it you know, has a good story and likable characters and it's told well, then sure, let's, let's do it. Yeah. I, I pretty much am following exactly what you're saying. I w I'm interested to see how they do it. I think it's time now that he is under the Disney umbrella, the Marvel umbrella. I want to see how they kind of bring him into the world, but allow him still to play in the R rated mature world. Um, I don't know how they're going to go about that, but I think there is a nice link with the X-Men that could 
you know, open some doors and make things interesting down the road. But Sean, what are your thoughts on a third Deadpool written by the Bob's Burgers writers? Well, the Bob's Burgers writers are a pretty good choice um, because uh, they know how to, um, you know, push an envelope on a Fox animated series. It's mainly for kids, but, you know, they, they, they can push it. They can push it. They can push it a little further. They're at the heart wholesome, or at least, excuse me, Bob's Burgers is at the heart wholesome. Um, and so... Deadpool is also in its really, really messed up fashion, <laughs> genuinely at the heart kind of wholesome as well. Um, you have the dumb puns. I mean, if anyone just wants to get a montage of the burger puns in the background of Bob's Burgers, it's truly magnificent what he goes through. Um, but so those are the kind of dumb jokes that you can get from a Deadpool movie. Um, I'm just curious to see how, you know, the R-rated Deadpool movie is going to fare under the umbrella of Disney because I don't think they have have another r-rated movie yet and it won't be like a fun little r-rated movie where like you know fuck is said four times this is going to be where most likely the main character might get blown to bits like he did in the second one and so that gets a little bit dicey where it's like you know this is a hard r if you're going to be making a hard r deadpool movie now will they make it a gentle r will they end up pushing it back and make it a pg-13 which will ignite absolute riots from comic book nerds um i I'm excited. I, I, you know, like you guys were just saying, it's going to be funny. It's going to be engaging. As long as it's those things, I'm, I'm in. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the Deadpool shtick has lost me a little bit. It was mm-hmm. hysterical in the first one. Second one, very cool. Second one, a lot of fun. But then I just like, you know, but then also it just kind of been really there, done that. Tired. Yeah, been it was there, just- done that. You, you like, you know what to expect. I know, like, okay, we're gonna like take, let's take a situation that would normally play out in a superhero movie. Okay, now let's put the Deadpool version on. And now, like, yeah. we've been so uh, enamored with Deadpool. It's like, okay, what we, we kind of know the humor already. So it's yeah. like, how can you be add shock value to shock value? You know what I mean? And I see it as it's just going to be funny. And it's going to be one of those things where, like, we'll see that opening credit scene where it's like, did the main character really just die? And it's yeah. just like, you know, that's what the main character is. And we'll laugh in the theater, but I don't know how substantial it will be. Or we'll laugh on Disney Plus, which will be really funny if this R-rated movie shows up on <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> but Yeah. There is a, uh, a rumor out there that Disney is going to be introducing sort of like an 18-plus section, which I assume would be, like, password protected. Um, and by 18 plus, I mean R rated. So not saying, like, I just thought about like old visits to the movie store where they had the like neon sign in the back that was like adult section. Um, I really hope they call Mickey it the 18 plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't come here. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm all for it. I think they have an opportunity to transition into something different with Deadpool now that he can again, play in the same sandbox as everyone else. Um, I really like bringing Bob's Burgers writers on because I think that one thing about Bob's Burgers is it's very fresh and very intelligent with the jokes that it makes and the way that it um, stays relevant. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, All right. Next story. uh, We're getting another film that has Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Any comments on this or can we move on? Wait, I want to say one thing (laughs) in in, in what you wrote. And this is just going to be my favorite thing in the world. Um, Taylor Dooley returns as Lava Girl, um, though Taylor Lautner, the original Shark Boy, has been replaced with JJ Tanshaw. Hey guys, was Taylor Lautner busy? <laughs> oh, that's my whole thing. It's not like he had anything else going on. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny. I was actually talking about this with my sister, and so like, oh, oh, jeez. Is he going to work? No, it's my mom. I'm 
Oh. She can wait. Uh, <laughs> but what's happening is, um, so Sharkboy and Lava Girl was a movie that my sister and I saw back then, and my sister was a huge Twilight fan, so she was definitely a Taylor Lautner fangirl. And so she's actually seeing a bunch of things on uh, TikTok and Instagram, and not from movie websites, just from like you know girl pages, uh, and saying like, "Oh my God, Taylor Lautner is not going to be in the new Sharkboy and Lava Girl." And it's like this huge thing, and then people are saying, you know. He made like $40 million based on Twilight. And he is just using that money just for an early retirement and he's living life. So it's fine. You know, like he's not really an actor anymore. I don't think. I, I mean, I can't tell you what the hell he, he arguably was never really an actor to begin with. Boom. <laughs> like, he was a better actor than all of us combined, I, I think. Fair. So. fair. <laughs> I feel so bad, though, because like, you know, it's just the Twilight series gave birth to Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. And then just like, poor. oh, wait, and Anna Kendrick as well. And Taylor Lautner's <laughs> like, you know, I can, you know. Do emotions and like, nope, yeah. you can't, buddy. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. He, he had that action movie abduction, which I yeah. that's one of those uh poster type uh posters that you see everywhere at like a flea market or like a garage sale. It's like there's always that one <laughs> copy on the Blu ray, just getting rid of it. It's like the Phantom Menace VHS tape in Salvation the... Army. You always see it. <laughs> tra trailer to that movie. I remember the trailer to this movie where I was just like, oh, wow, he's not good in this. I could just tell already. But the trailer had um, – this was at the height of dubstep, which was like a 13-second craze. But uh, yeah. like – and uh, Sleigh Bells was playing during this trailer where like, you know, th this is just the like very old Hollywood executive with like, you know, what are the kids like? The dubstep. Put in the dubstep. Put in the dubstep in the trailer. They'll go see it. They didn't. Hmm. They, yeah, nobody saw it. I, I just, can you imagine being the person from the studio that was like getting in touch with him, uh, you know, casting or whatever, uh, and was like, hey, we're doing another film uh, and we want you back as Shark Boy. And because I'm assuming they talk straight to him, I can't imagine he pays an Aiden anymore because he doesn't do anything. But, you know, and he's like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Can you imagine like them going back to Robert Rodriguez and he's like, the fuck? <laughs> There's a few things I'm wondering about this. Are they now going to be called um, uh, Shark Man and Lava Woman if that gets it more serious? Or This is why I did not want to talk about this story. Uh... <laughs> see, now, see, now I'm just so curious. This is going to be our top story. Let's go. No, but what's interesting about this is Pedro Pascal is also in this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, I don't think I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, somebody owes Robert Rodriguez millions of dollars <laughs> and you know honestly I don't know that we're going to see too much of Sharkboy and Lava Girl in this movie um, good for Netflix because they're getting a lot of uh, talk about it right so um, that works for them but mm -hmm. um, I don't know Robert Rodriguez kind of gets away with doing films like this that he he likes that their daughter in the movie her name is Guppy she's half lava half shark <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cute Guppy. <laughs> i can see the toys just uh flying off the shelves at toys r us oh wait is toys r us even <laughs> thing back in the you know what no like yeah. probably toys r us <laughs> yeah which isn't open anymore here oh I, I we, would, we still have it we still have it uh, pedro uh, pascal priyanka chopra christian slater <laughs> Christopher oh, McDonald. I'm so in. <laughs> um, so one thing I want to know about, I, I do have to give, like, we're, we're laughing about this because it deserves to get laughed at. But also, I do give Robert R Rodriguez a lot of credit. Like you were saying, he kind of just does his own thing when it comes to movies. He's a talented filmmaker. 
but then he'll also just kind of like go big and do something that, you know, either his kids will just like, or just in general, like he just feels like this is just good for kids or he sees some sort of artistic vision. I'm not saying that this is going to be good by any stretch of the magic, but I, I kind of adore someone who, you know, is at the same trajectory as Quentin Tarantino at one time. And, you know, he kind of went down a very alarmingly different path. <laughs> so I sort of, I, I dig that about him, honestly. The pictures that they released did look kind of cool. The one in particular was Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, the, it's actually a neat picture. I think that it definitely plays to uh, today's graphics that they're able to really bring that or take that another step further. So I don't know. I'll probably watch it. It's going to be on Netflix, right? So uh... <laughs> will the original I, I, be on Netflix? Like that's what I need to figure out. I have that on DVD, motherfucker. So. <laughs> I think that's the only way to have it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so funny. I actually asked my business partner. I'm like, we're we're getting a fucking screener for this. I don't care what I have to do. <laughs> I think it'd be such a, like a fun like. I mean, for me, like I'm the generation that that movie came out when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. So people my age like i haven't seen that since i was 10 years old but i remember like the 3d glasses it was like the fucking oh yeah you know so and i'm like i remember when my friends and i went to go see incredibles 2 and there's a bunch of kids in the theater and he whispers to me he's like get these fucking kids out of here it's our movie we've been waiting (laughs) all my life for this so yeah it's kind of a movie like that so i mean it's probably gonna be garbage but who knows who knows? Hey, we haven't seen it. We can't say anything about it yet. It's probably going to be good garbage. So let's move on to the next set of stories. We are grouping these because there's a lot of horror-themed uh, news bits that we want to cover. The first, uh, we've covered Scream 5 quite a bit here um, because there was, uh, you know, for weeks we were getting new cast members until they got to, like, the 37 people that are a part of the main cast. Um, and now we know that Scream 5 has officially wrapped, and it has an official title. The official title is... Scream. I feel like this overlaps, um, and I can't figure out how. Um, I feel like you know this this will get confusing. Um, that's like one of the issues I have is because Scream is already there's already a movie called Scream. Um, <laughs> Overlap with what? Scream. <laughs> but Halloween just did this. Oh, they this, did this, do it, this, didn't this, they? This is a stupid trend. This is a stupid trend. It's like imagine if the Force Awakens came out and they called it Star Wars. I mean, it would be. (laughs) They kind of did. Like, but no, I, I I look at it. But I look at this, and you know, this would be a very big move on, uh, you know, Scream's part and the Scream franchise to just re-release the, uh, you know, the first Scream under this and have people pay for it as like you know, thinking it's Scream Five, and that would be the ultimate Scream move. Where you know, I love this franchise, but that would be the best way for them to disappear up their own ass. It's just like, you know, just be like, you know, like we're scream again. And then just like they're gone. Um, but I I truly think that at this time you you that means they're going for a full-blown reboot. And I think they've already gone through full-blown reboots, but this is their official full-blown reboot. See, I don't think that's right. And no. the reason I the reason I say that is because of the mix of people they have involved, but then also because we saw it with Halloween. Uh, and Halloween, when Halloween came out, it was a sequel to the first Halloween. So it was still within that line of films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of what I think I, the way. So we talked a lot about this, Sean, over the past in October when we had Kevin on and we were talking about all four films. Um, it, each film is really kind of uh, looking at the horror 
uh, tropes that we're familiar with and the genre in general. And I think that this may be trying to play on that a little bit too with the amount of time between this film and the fourth and some of the things that they're going to do to try to make it relevant again. So I, I think that's why they're going that route. I don't necessarily understand why, but <laughs> I don't know. Brandon, thoughts on this? Well, uh, again, this year was basically the first year that I ever really got into horror, right? Um, and I, But I had seen the first Scream movie. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen a single sequel. So in terms of where this fits in with the franchise, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> However, this is the... There is a trend. It's a trend where like a sequel to a franchise will come out years and years and years afterwards, but then you just call it the same title again so it's imagine like if we did dumb and dumber three but called it dumb and dumber Ooh. you know so we had rocky balboa you know happened again yeah good point um rambo did it you know any of the sylvester stallone movies did it uh dread was a remake and not having uh <laughs> sylvester stallone in it like imagine if they made um i remember the angry video game nerd made a joke about this it's like what if they made like a, a sequel to forrest gump with the little uh Haley joe osmond and they just called it Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. And then the whole, like, Terminator did this too, where it's like, okay, well, you have the original movie, you have the sequels, but then you have the other sequel that's going this way. So it's like an alternate timeline. And it's like, okay, our movie's turning into The Legend of Zelda now. <laughs> so, I mean, I better get, but then again, I haven't seen the movie, so I hope it's good. That's all I can say. I'm yeah. rooting for it. I'm rooting for it without a doubt. But that was just silly for them to do that. I think part of it's a subconscious play as well to kind of tell audiences or, uh, you know, cue audiences up for getting back to what made the original something special. Um, I think that's kind of what they did with Halloween. It's sort of that nostalgic, like, look, we're going. It's not Halloween 2. It's not Halloween H2O. It's not Halloween mm-hmm. whatever the hell. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I agree with it, but hey, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about Ari Aster and uh, his crazy-ass films. He is working on a new one called Bo is Afraid. Uh, it's his third film after Hereditary and Mid- Midsommar. Mid- I never know how to pronounce that because I've heard it multiple ways. I call it Midsummer. And people uh, get really upset when yeah. you call it a different... I haven't seen it. But like Midsummer, Midsummer, Midsommar. Like people get like butthurt about this. It's a, <laughs> it's a fucking movie, guys. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Continue. So this film is going to follow the lead character of Bo who learns of the death of his mother under mysterious circumstances uh, and upon traveling home makes an alarming discovery about his past uh, and then during the journey he runs into various crazy supernatural threats. That's my favorite part of the description. It's like, oh, and by the way, supernatural shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but discussing film reports that Joaquin Phoenix is in talks to star and I kind of think it's a perfect fit for Ari Aster. Ari Aster. Just because Joaquin's so weird. I, I genuinely worry about one thing, and it's that film Twitter is not going to shut the fuck up about this goddamn movie before they even see it. It's just like Ari Aster, who makes everything perfect, and there's nothing wrong with any of his films whatsoever. And Joaquin Phoenix, who every single time like is just the absolute perfect a- actor and the best performer of all time, are like going to come together. Now, here's the thing I'll, I will walk back on from what I just said. Ari Aster is a really good filmmaker, and I really like kind of the stuff he does. Joaquin Phoenix is also a spectacular actor, but I worry about the praise this movie will get weeks before it comes out. Um, I will love it. I will think that it's the <laughs> movie. I mean, yeah, like I, I, I will be interested in it. But it's just one of these things where I, I look at it and I just see Ari Aster. First of all, 
both of his movies, both very good. They're missing something. And I know that's th- those are like slightly hot takes. I think they miss a little bit, which I don't love them. I love the idea of, you know, Ari Aster going back to family and like, you know, the problems with family and the issues with family. Because uh, in Midsommar, spoiler alert, in the first two minutes, she doesn't really have a family anymore. So like, <laughs> there's no real family. And so right off the bat, I just love the idea of, you know, because I think Hereditary, like, you know, the real horror in it is being a family. And so I think that that is the really, like, you know, fun depth to get into. And I think Joaquin Phoenix can explore that depth. So I, I, I'm a little bit torn on this because on one hand, I love it. I love the idea. Excuse me. I love the idea. I love. I think it could go very well. I just don't like, and this is just an annoying thing to do, but I just really don't like how the rest of the world is going to treat this before they even see it. And it's just going to be one of the, like, that's my big issue. Tenet. <clears throat> well, there we go. Well, and that's, you know what? I'll even say, like, premier directors. And now Ari Aster, which sucks, is he's now a premier director where it's like, you know, Ari Aster's next film is going to get attention. Nolan's next film will always get attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm even, you know, I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I'll call myself a hypocrite immediately because Robert Eggers is getting his next film pretty soon. And it will be the greatest film of all time. And everyone is uh, false. It, like, no, no, like uh, that. I'll be film Twitter there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is one of these tricky things where, like, we do, like, you know, put a mantle on these directors that, hey, kind of deserve to be on that mantle. They're very good. The actors are yeah. very good. But we do have to be careful about how high we put these expectations. Right. Once again, if you saw a previous episode a couple of weeks ago about me going on about Robert Eggers and his next film, I am 100% a hypocrite. But <laughs> I do worry about that, especially with you know something like this where Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix are worshipped. Brandon, is there a reason you haven't seen Midsommar? Midsummer, Mid-whatever? My well, well uh, I'll tell you what. It's because I'm, I'm a giant loser. <laughs> and who ha- and I haven't seen many horror movies. And and again, like growing up, I just I just didn't watch horror movies. I guess like as a as a kid, I got scared really easily, and I just never watched any of the horror movies growing up. I saw like you know at, when I was seventeen years old, I watched The Exorcist and Scream and stuff. But then this year, I'm like, okay, I, I have to go back and watch like the classics. I have to get like some of the classics down. So I watched Poltergeist for the first time, Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time. People are still sending me death threats for that one. Uh, Halloween. All these things. And now I'm like, all right, well, now I've gotten most of the basics, most of the classics under wraps. So now I can watch The Conjuring or gotcha. Insidious or Midsommar. So it's it's on the list. And I'm sure it's great. I'm sure that every, it's getting the praise for a reason. Um, but in terms of movie hype, I'm like I was four when this movie came out, but I'm sure that George Lucas was the the god who could do no wrong before The Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> Their directors are human beings, people. Yeah. Even Steven Spielberg has made some duds. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, like people can, you know, I, I think he hasn't made a bad movie, but then some people can look at Jackie Brown or people can look at, you know, other movies like that, Death Proof. I like Death Proof, but <laughs> I mean, like I imagine when The Sixth Sense came out, M. Night Shyamalan, then the person who brought you this great Sixth example. Sense, it's still yeah. happening. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. still happening. Like I, I haven't seen all of his movies, but yes, you I, I, you've seen I, one, you've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I actually like Unbreakable more. Don't shoot me. Ooh, but no, um, no, that's I, that's a good take. I like that take. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, from the guy who brought you Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Those movies are what twenty years old. 
So. We talk about that with Blumhouse um, from the studio <laughs> that brought you Get Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's Fantasy Island. <laughs> do people ever ask you guys that? Like, what's your favorite A24 film? What's your favorite Blumhouse film? Yeah. To, for me, like, Disney's a little different. But to me, I don't really look at, um, like, the studios who released it. Like, someone asked me, what's your favorite Warner Brothers movie, Universal movie, Paramount movie, and then... Uh, some other one i'm like see i i I don't think about that stuff off the top of my head so no i mean here's the other reason why sometimes the studio that it ends up being distributed from or under doesn't have anything to do with the making of the film in and of itself it could it could have been acquired by the studio down the road so it's just i don't know i we like to put things in buckets because that's easier for us as humans to comprehend and understand um yeah categorize everything 100 percent but what drives me nuts is kind of what you guys are talking about when it comes to the different uh, directors is, um, you know, Sean, you're saying like they can do no wrong or certain ones are that can do no wrong based on what we read on film Twitter and stuff. But mm-hmm. what Brandon just said is 100% right. They're just human and we're going to get clunkers. We're going to get those shitty movies. And we've seen it with some, some of the directors that I love, um, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So uh I don't know. It, it's a job. You you don't fire on all cylinders every day at your job. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a good transition for this next story, uh, other than Channing Tatum doesn't fire on all cylinders often. But anyway, so Deadline has word that Channing Tatum is teaming with Phil Lord oh. and Chris Miller for a modern-day monster movie based on an original idea in which Tatum will star. The trio last teamed up on 21 Jump Street, and we'll be talking about that in a second. Uh, and its sequel, 22 Jump Street. The plot or the focus is unknown, but the film is believed to be based around one of the classic universal monsters. My thought on this is that it's going to be a comedy of some sort, that they're going to kind of roll into that realm with the monsters. Uh, but my question to you guys would be, is there any monster from Universal's, uh, you know, big pocketbook of monsters? Uh, that was a that was a phrase. Let's not clip that one. Um, that you're interested in seeing in this movie. Brandon, start with you here. Uh, and Channing Tatum is presumably going to play the monster. See, I don't think so. I think he's just going to be like the clunker in there, but (laughs) yeah, like I can't imagine him trying to do Dracula. You know (laughs) what I mean? But like it's, uh, Lord Miller, right? So I'm assuming it's going to be kind of funny. So, I mean, I don't know, like that bringing a comedy style into universal monsters I mean, it, it's so out of left field that it could work. Um, what, what's the what's that fish monster creature the, from the Black Lagoon? That's let's, the one I was thinking. Let's let's just fucking do it. I mean, if if you can make a movie that uh, grosses a billion dollars with a talking raccoon in a tree, anything's fucking possible. So, <laughs> Sean, how about you? Well, I I kind of look at this as uh, this is Lord and Miller, um, and Lord and Miller uh, don't have bounds. So why are we <laughs> focusing on one monster here? This could be like an Abbott and Costello thing where like, you know, Channing Tatum plays a monster hunter or a monster explorer and runs into all of them. Um, I, 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 because mainly because this is Lord and Miller who, you know, they, they made into the spider verse. They made Lego, the Lego movie. They made things that are kind of impossible to, you know, make. And so, you know, I, I see this as being something a lot larger unless, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that might be a little bit too large to do, if I'm going to pick my monster uh, to go after, Creature of the Black Lagoon is an awesome pick. Awesome pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Wolfman because, uh, you know, Wolfman had some great stuff, you know, in the 80s. 
Like Wolfman had some great references in the 80s. You know, you got a little like, you know, uh, Teen Wolf. You got a little American Werewolf in London. I know those aren't the classic Universal, but that's there. And then, um, you know, we had a, what was it? Oh, God help us. Uh, 2009 or 2008 uh, Wolfman, uh, one best makeup, and that was it. Benicio Del Toro, no one saw it kind of movie. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would love for him to just get another shot out there without a doubt. So I think what's interesting about all this is that we do have a number of uh, movies that are sound similar to me that are in the work. So um, there's a story about Ryan Reynolds starring in an adaptation of a short story where it's basically like a parent's guide to something with monsters. I don't know. Um, But it's, it's a comedy that's related to the universal monsters or incorporating them. You also have a movie from Josh Cooley who did uh, toy story Four. Uh, called Little Monsters, which is a live-action, hybrid, family-friendly film that's going to feature all of the monsters. Um, Paul Feig is making The Dark Army, which is supposedly, I think, utilizing a lot of the monsters. So uh, we're kind of getting a little overkill with these. So it's going to be interesting to see how it sets itself apart. Is this the dark universe finally coming to fruition? <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't try to force it this time, and now it shows up. I like the idea of that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that are all of these under the umbrella of Universal? Are all of these, like, able to be, like, you know, because it just seems like they're not exactly they're, – they're doing the DC thing right now where it's like, you know, let's just do stories with our characters everywhere. Let's go. And, you know, then we'll have Justice League here kind of, you know, t- chilling out. And I think that's, you know, they're, they're just trying to, like, you know, maybe they're just, like, putting out feelers. And I never knew that, like, making movies is putting out feelers. But that might be what they're doing. Or they're just, you know, making money and having fun. That could be what it is. I tend to think they're making money and having fun because I think they want to incorporate the Universal Monsters into their parks more. Um, that this is honestly what I'm thinking because yeah. the, the rumor is with the new park in Orlando, they're going to have a big Universal Monsters area, and they need to get they need to make them relevant again in order to make any money or get any excitement around that. Are they making like another park? Because I know they have yeah. the two. They have, so there's going to be three now. There's a third park called. Uh, down, it's going to be down the street. It's called Epic Universe, I believe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Can I just say something? Does anyone <laughs> actually give a fuck about the monsters from way back when? No. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. That that to me is like Universal going, shit, guys, Disney has fucking Star Wars and Marvel. What do we got? Well, we can't make a Back to the Future sequel because then people are going to get all butthurt about that. So PR can't do that. Can we remake E.T.? Again, I don't know about that. Um, War of the Worlds. We need another one of that. Uh, <laughs> monsters. Yeah. I'm, Guys, Tom Cruise is in it. I'm going to push back a little bit, maybe. Go and for it. <laughs> I will say, and this is someone that still knows very little about comic books except what I see in the movies. And, yeah. you know, knew absolutely nothing about comic books before 2008. Sure. And I, when, the, when I saw the Iron Man trailer, I said, who gives a shit? So <laughs> yeah. now, like, I don't know how comic book fans feel. I know that he's a pretty, like, you know, prestige character. Right. But I, there is something there where, like, you know, I think the common person was like, who cares about Iron Man now? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the, and so we look at these classic uh, movies. What bothers me is they're doing things like the Lord and Miller, like let's bring in all the monsters, or they're doing like you know let's have the baby monsters and like you know or something like mm-hmm. that, where it's just you know try to make remake some of these Universal monster movies well, not poorly like they usually do, but well. I mean, let's look at what the Invisible Man was, which you know I, I we got to say that wasn't exactly. What, like, you know, the Universal Monster movie, like, you know, kind of deal was. 
mm-hmm. but still was kind of like a damn good horror movie. And now if they wanted to make a universe, Elizabeth Moss has the invisible suit. They could start going. They could they could start playing if they wanted right. to. But I don't like and and that would be, you know, I don't know if she'd be the leader because she's horrifically unstable. Um not Elizabeth Moss. Not Elizabeth Moss, but the character is unfortunately uh, Right. Like, where are you <laughs> she, going with this? Well, she she murdered someone who may or may not have been the person that was harassing him. That's one of the like, you know, the fun little theories I have in Invisible Man. We actually don't know. It could have been just a brother the whole time, like it was when it was revealed, but I'm not actually gonna get into that invisible man now, except I started to because of this monologue. But I think that, you know, you could get a team together where like, you know, you could have had Elizabeth uh, Moss go back to the apartment and like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson has the eye patch and it's like, you thought you were the only one. <laughs> it wouldn't be that way. <laughs> like, it's sure. Dracula, like, welcome to the team. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you were the only one. <laughs> yeah. I, I get I get your point because and again, like I've always said, like I've even said it in this video, like you can make a movie about anything if it's told well. Like I remember when Pirates of the Caribbean was coming out and I, I'll use that example all the time. But like, what the hell is this? Disney's making a movie. I want to ride like they're out of fucking ideas. I mean, it's a pretty fucking successful franchise. So like anything is possible. However, it's like, you know, people use the same um logic when the lone ranger movie came out it's like well who gives a fuck about a lone ranger movie and it's like well you know it looked cool like i didn't know anything about the lone ranger and i thought that trailer looked awesome yeah movie we can discuss that later but i also think that you know trying to start up a universe from scratch nowadays i think that the ship is starting to sail a little bit like Mm -hmm. it's like oh you're you're not marvel you're not this Mm -hmm. so Bye. Like he started to realize that they just sort of like, and they did their own thing where it was just like, Oh, we rushed the justice league. And I think we should have like taken more time, given each of them their movie first. And, you mm-hmm. know, we should have chilled with it, but we were a little, we got a little bit more nervous because the other universe was going a little bit faster. And so they, they all jumped on. So now what DC is doing is just like 10 times better, which is just like, let's make movies. Let's make movies with these characters and let's not focus on connecting them. And, you know, yes, we are getting a Justice League, too. And we're going to see how all of that goes. And we're going to see how that goes after Snyder cut situations and all that really cool stuff. But that's a rumor, by the way. That's not confirmed. That is (laughs) rumor. We do not want to be responsible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say not everything works in a universe. So I think trying to force that is, I think with superheroes, we definitely can make it work. But with uh, things like, you know, horror monsters, like, just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um so we'll see what happens um yeah. especially when you can tell that the studios are more focused on setting up the universe to make money mm-hmm. rather than and i don't like to use the term cash grab i don't think it's a really necessary term but like amazing spider-man 2 remember that mm-hmm. where you can tell that there was no thought of a story here this is okay let's try to set up as many sequels and universe things as we can what you got was a disaster. If you make the movie, you make it well, and when people want to see sequels, and if it works for the story to bring in other characters from other universes or whatever, right. make it organically. Yeah. Well, that was just, also Sony yeah. trying to keep the rights to the character, too. They are just it, like, we got to keep making movies. And, and that's also just as bad. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that if they made a great movie, if Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a great movie, then they would be like, hey, you know, we, we want to keep on... When do we want to keep this character? Sorry, Marvel. So yeah, yeah. I, we'll see what happens with that. I think they're still trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But we'll uh, we'll see. Kind of shit how is right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it yeah. plays out. Mm-hmm, uh, 
So one of the films that we also have uh, learned about in the past week, which I'm actually pretty excited about, because uh, I think it sounds hilarious, because I have nightmare stories about this quote-unquote holiday. Um, is, and it's also very timely, given that here in the States, Friday is supposed to be Black Friday, but because of something called COVID-19, this is kind of like Black Friday week. Um, but if you've ever been shopping on Black Friday, you know that it's a horrendous experience with old like grandmas that are pushing carts into you so that they can get the cheap DVD player because they think that's what their grandson wants. Um, but what we're finding out is that director Casey Tebow is going to explore this whole concept of Black Friday in an interesting way in an upcoming sci-fi horror film starring Bruce Campbell, Devin Sawa, good for him getting a job, and Michael Jai White. Um, the story follows employees of a toy store on Black Friday who go on a murderous rampage after being infected by an alien parasite. See, I'd rather watch that than and than any Universal monster movie. <laughs> Same We're here. bringing back the Lost. Le okay, see, like, I think with the success of Knives Out and other movies like that, I think we're Hollywood's going. You know what? We could try to be a little bit more creative. And I again, I don't think that this movie's going to be like fighting with the next Avengers movie for box office. But that sounds awesome. <laughs> let's 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 go. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. I, for me, and we talked about this on Instagram Live. Um, I, my issue with this, I'm into this. I'm, I'm seeing it. I love, I love the idea. But my issue is they could have downgraded this a few more in the horror department because you know, just have it be Black Friday and just like film that is horrific. But then, then I loved the idea of like, oh wait, the employees go on a murder rampage against these horrible customers. That sounds great too. And then it's like because they've been infected by an alien. Oh come on. Like, I, <laughs> I just want like you know, a good old murderous rampage. <laughs> because I want like if we think about it, like you know, like you know, we think about the real retail workers, how much they have to go through. If mm. there's that revenge murder kind of situation where they just start just like killing horrific, you know, and sorry for the name, but Karen customers and stuff mm. like that. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I knew. See, I, I, there's always a Karen that you know who's lovely yeah. when you say it. I, I I feel terrible. I used Betty in my uh, post on Guy at the Movie, yeah. so I was trying to switch it up a little bit. And I have a cousin named Kyle too. <laughs> oh, Where's your God. monster? <laughs> this is horrible. Go, go for it. Go you for are it. not allowed in the states. Um. So, <laughs> but I, I I just love the idea of like just like you know getting revenge on like you know just horrible people that way. I think that no, genuinely, I love the I idea love the of idea that. of getting revenge. It's such a great idea. It's a great revenge kind mm -hmm. of murder situation. Yes, not in real life movies. Like, but yeah. um, I, uh, you know, I, I think you bring in the alien thing, and you know what? It still could be fun. It could still be a blast yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I love the realistic angle that could that it could do. You know why they're probably doing the the alien thing? Because they oh. know that it's gonna get like all the senators are gonna be like, this is a a movie about how these retail workers are killing people in malls, and it's this is terrible socialist. This yeah, is so, socialism. This is socialism, and we need more guns to protect ourselves from our Toys R Us workers. <laughs> Not in Donald Trump's presidency. This is what happens when you elect Joe Biden. <laughs> he's going to exactly. take away our guns. Yeah. George Bush comes back, and he's like, this movie was uh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Make me want to puke. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a comedy element element to this. Oh, there God, yes. yeah. has to be. So I'm That's into it. Why. Yeah. I, I hope it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so let's move on to a couple other stories that we're going to run through rather quickly. We're getting a fifth Predator film. This is going to be directed by 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachenberg. Um, one of the interesting pieces of this story that I, I think is pretty fascinating is they're kind of letting what happened at the, the end of Shane Black's 
2018 The Predator, um, which I couldn't tell you about if you like held a gun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, they're letting that go away. So um, they're kind of like going back to what uh, an original idea, I guess. Um, do you guys like the Predator? Is this something we want to see? Don't oh, shoot do- me. Do- I haven't seen a single Predator movie. Brando, how dare you? Now I'm going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a single entire Predator movie. I really, like, I've seen the first one. Um, and then from there, it was just... I like first one's great. I just never got around to seeing the others. Yeah. Um, I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be mean. If Shane Black can't like save like a franchise, are, are we focusing on 10 Cloverfield Lane? I, I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, I'd love it more if it wasn't called 10 Cloverfield Lane and it was called whatever horror movie it was before Cloverfield bought it, which 100% Cloverfield bought it before it was actually called something. Because, yeah. you know, the, the whole the whole thing is like, is it really a uh, alien invasion or not was like, you know, the entire thing. And so when it's called 10 Cloverfield Lane, you're like, oh, no, it's an it's an alien invasion because of what's going on. So that like, you know, if, oh, it, it just took everything out of it. And I think that is a studio problem and not a director problem. So, you know, I, I would, I, I guess I would be interested. It's just like, you know, Shane Black's a legend and he couldn't do anything to this. And I don't know if there was compromises made, but like, it's just, it's just unfortunate when you can't focus on Shane Black. Yeah. Right. I have a quick predator story before, uh, after Joe speaks about his thoughts. I, it's going to happen. Like the <laughs> predator alien. Some of these are just, um, characters that we're going to see pop up uh, and products that we're going to see pop up forever. Uh, it, what's interesting about this is that it is going to be the first time that it's under Disney's umbrella um, since they acquired Fox. So I wonder if alien is down the road too, if we'll be seeing more of that. I think we are going to see more back to like alien, alien, not like Prometheus alien. Um, <laughs> so it should be interesting, but yeah. Gotcha. Uh, all I was going to say was that like when I, the first movie studio that I worked for, it was a big American company, but they just set up a little tiny shop in Vancouver. It was like one of their first projects and Hey guys, we landed the new movie predator. <laughs> we don't have any fucking gear here. <laughs> and it was a shit show trying to get that show or that movie, uh, the Shane black one, uh, set up with everything. It was a disaster. And I mean, Apparently the movie movie sucked too, so I guess uh, I had a little hand in that. I guess <laughs> I, I handed the you guy who put Predator. up the light the light. That's it. <laughs> you killed Predator. I handed <laughs> the guy the cable. I handed the guy the green screen, and it just took, it took too long because we didn't have them. <laughs> so uh, that's business for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's business, just as it probably is with studios deciding to move forward with sequels, just like Lethal Weapon 5, which has been rumored to be getting a fifth edition for the past three years. Uh, I really don't think it's actually happening. I think it's just something that Mel Gibson keeps liking to tease because he's doing mm-hmm. other movies like Fat Man and uh, whatever that, I forget the Frank Grillo movie that was just picked up by Hulu, I think it is. I have it on the outline somewhere here. That movie is called Boss Level. Um, so he's like, yeah, we're going to go back to what you love me and don't, you know, I'm not such a shitty person. But anyway, he still swears that it's happening uh, on Good Morning America the other day, which I can only imagine was to talk about Fat Man. Um, he is, he said that Richard Donner, who started the series, is still working on it. Um, but this is also something that was reported back in 2017 that Donner had interest, but then he moved on from it because the project was dead. Do we need a, do we 
need versus want is very different. Do we want a lethal weapon five? Sean, I'm going to go to you because you look like you're about to shit yourself. Before we go further with whether or not a lethal weapon five should happen, why is Mel Gibson getting a microphone at all? Like, <laughs> it's like Mel Gibson was on Good Morning America. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was on Good Morning America. What part of him? Like, not a good morning. He doesn't give a good morning. He does not represent America. Oh, well, actually, he kind of does represent parts of America, so that's actually unfortunate. But I, if I just really <laughs> think about this for a second. All right, so now that I'm done with that, first of all, <laughs> no one should ever listen to Mel Gibson ever about anything, including what happens when he gets pulled over and what he his thoughts then. But just, like, I'm thinking about it here, <laughs> and uh, he's just – it's just absolutely untrue. It's unsubstantiated beyond all belief. But also, I'll just comment on a Lethal Weapon 5. I would like to see a Lethal Weapon 5 if it's done right. Lethal Weapon 4 was done very poorly because they said let's take 18 characters put them in there all at once and just think that that'll be okay and make it like a fun goofy thing mm-hmm. now yes the lethal weapons are kind of a comedy but they're not that fun and goofy and they just got a little bit too much richard donner's involved that's good i'll take that um but who do you need and i'm very glad you brought this back from the alien situ or not alien oh my god in heaven um the predator situation bring it back to shane black baby shane black needs to be on this script and I know he's not going to be. I know he doesn't want anything to do with it. There's no rumors that are saying he is there. But what I'll do is I'll go on Good Morning America and shout it. And then maybe Shane Black will just be involved as well. But I just think about this. And I just think, like, you know, if you have the Richard Donner, Shane Black, like, you know, combination back again, that's the only way you could try to save a Lethal Weapon 5 franchise. I love the first three. And I know that's very odd even to say about the third one, but I really love lethal weapon one, two, and three. I really do not like four. Four seems like it was made in a different time. I know literally it was, but I, something about four just bothers me on so many levels. (laughs) Um, And so like, if they could bring it back with a five, I'd welcome it with open arms, but you have to have the right people behind. And it seems like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I I can imagine Danny Glover, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like finding out about this good morning america interview and being like oh shit now people are gonna be yeah. calling me yeah he's really too old for this shit <laughs> I, was I was gonna bring it in you did it for me though buddy i'm happy <laughs> okay i can just imagine mel gibson going i just can't just get a leaf <laughs> <laughs> it, it's empty it's empty i had it over there already but um oh you, you know it's so funny though Okay, do you guys have Earl's in the States? The restaurant, Earl's? No, I don't think so. No. Okay, it's kind of like a higher-end um, restaurant. And the, the the Vancouver stereotype is that everyone loves happy hour. From 2 to 6, drinks and like certain food is like half off. 2 and, to 6? From 2 to 6, yeah. Ours is like 4 to 6 or maybe an hour. <laughs> yeah, 2 to 6. Our happy hours are long. And, it's, and there's this one meme where it's like, Arriving at Earl's happy hour, and it shows Mel Gibson all oh, no. dressed up nice, and he has like an Earl's like thing he's going, and then leaving happy Earl's happy hour, and Earl's has like these special like beers that they give out, and he's like on the floor and he's drinking all of them, and it's, it was pretty funny. It's it's a very uh, BC joke, but again, it's like we don't have any other original ideas. Let's bring back Lethal Weapon. Of course, it is a franchise. It is. A franchise that people know um i actually watched lethal weapon the franchise the whole franchise for the first time this year oh, um i love the second one that's probably my favorite mm-hmm. love it third one it's okay yeah second uh <laughs> third one or fourth one yeah it, it, it's okay um again it's just 
uh, a fifth lethal weapon movie. Again, if the whole like I'm too old for this shit, that's kind of like the whole vibe of the movie. You get these two guys uh, where Danny Glover is the stay at home cop, dad, family man, and then Lethal Weapon is Mel Gibson, right? He's just uh, like out of fucking control. If they can do that, sure, it can work. Uh, But then again, who knows? Who knows? Do you feel the same way about a spinoff of a series? Like 21 Jump Street is getting a spinoff that will be fronted by two women. Uh, The rumored name is Jump Street Now for Her Pleasure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the (laughs) rumor... The All right, ru- yeah, I could, I could see it. <laughs> the title got me. <laughs> the, the, uh, r- back when they first announced that they were doing a spinoff, the original people that were they were going after were Tiffany Haddish and Aquafina, um, which I actually love that combo. I think that would be great. Um, but this is uh, this film was also written by the Melano sisters, the Bob's Burgers writers, who are now on Deadpool three. Um, is this something you think would be interesting to see, Brando? Uh, if if the trailer looks funny. Sure. Why not? Again, it's kind of hard to tell with with comedies because, you know, you can give me a premise and say, like, OK, that sounds inventive. But with a 21 Jump Street spinoff, yeah. which is also a like a movie based on a TV show from the 80s, uh, 80s. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Again, just let's see a trailer. Let's see how funny it is. And again, then you risk putting out all the funny moments in the trailer. So. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, you know, it, it's probably a movie I'll see. I don't know that it's one that uh, I'm going to have high hopes for. But if I could laugh a little bit, then it did its job, and I don't think they're expecting it to be anything like yeah wild. They probably want to get a sequel out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, again, I like the two stars that are rumored to be in there, and we'll see what happens with that. It does kind of reek of a movie that might go straight to streaming. Oh Excuse yeah, me. totally. But um. We'll, we'll see. What about you, Sean? How do we feel about uh, a spinoff of 21 Jump Street? It gets tricky because on one hand, it's it's pretty easy to do. I mean, based on how they ended 22 Jump Street, they're like, we can do whatever we want as long as you guys get your laughs and stuff like that. So they could do whatever they want. Because um, remember, I- at some point, what they wanted to do was a uh, crossover of Men in Black and 21 Jump Street. That would have like, been cool. <laughs> no, no, but, no thankfully instead we got men in black international and that was just way better <laughs> um yeah I, I i look at this and i think about um you know i think this sounds great um now what does this look like though it's just like oh we had two male lead characters now we'll have two female lead characters which is good i want that i want that kind of situation but will it look genuine or will it look like a sort of like you know a political football movie and I, I think, you know, hey, if it ends up having to be that just to get more female lead characters, then cool. Sounds good. But it sometimes at, at some points it starts to feel like, you know, the scene in Avengers Endgame when all the women show up and, you know, try yeah. to find it. and that's always what I go for. It's just like, boy, that looked forced. And, you know, I hope it's not. And if it's, hey, still cool with it. I'm happy with it. I'm psyched about it. Um, and, you know, I just hope that it doesn't go too far. I think that, you know, 22 Jump Street. A lot of fun, very funny, maybe kind of piled on a few too many meta jokes that just sort of bothered me a little bit too much. Still laughed, still like, still enjoyable, but that's one of the issues that I could have. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I worry about that stuff too. Again, I don't know that it's a movie that I'm going to expect too much out of, but when they, if they go the route of kind of creating 
uh, a female version of a, an already existing film, which number one, I'm on record as saying I hate. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is a prime example of that. I enjoyed the movie, but I hate that they didn't get their own, you know, it wasn't an, an original idea. Um, I would love to see Channing Tatum and um, Jonah Hill show up in this movie to kind of hand off the baton a little bit. <laughs> that would be um, fun, yeah. Or at least have a supporting role throughout, right? Like, or just kind of like get killed because yeah. <laughs> like, like, the two of them just have an extremely gruesome. You are very violent tonight. I, that would be hysterical and you know it. <laughs> you're like i love revenge i love murderous rampages uh, hey. don't like when aliens are the ones that cause it, it just has to be yeah, man's no, I, don't, own I don't, don't want to murder aliens i want to murder actual people that <laughs> is definitely something that could get cut against me later <laughs> hey we don't edit this podcast so uh <laughs> we don't so that's good. keep the context in please <laughs> all right so let's move on we did cut a few stories just for time uh keeping an eye on making sure that we are not putting out a 15 hour podcast. Um, but let's talk about our top top story, which is kind of inspired by our Canadian friend here. Um, not really, but you know, it works. Um, Dan Levy has talked about the possibility of a Shit's Creek movie, which I think a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, potentially happening down the road. And anytime that something like a television show ends successfully, they always talk about when are we going to see it on TV? When are we going to get the big thing? Um, number one, I absolutely love Schitt's Creek and think it's one of the funniest shows that was ever created. Thank you to Canada for producing that. Um, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> yes, please tell everyone, Brendan. Um, I say thank you. <laughs> Pass it along. Um, so, you know, in speaking with People Magazine as part of the Sexiest Man Alive issue, show creator and star Dan Levy spoke about the possibility of the film, saying that. Uh, quote, I don't think there's a single person on our team, cast or crew, that wouldn't want to come back for a movie. But he then went on to say that the dust needs to settle. And if there is a good idea that he wants to make, because, of course, he's the creator uh, or co-creator with his father, um, then he will do it. But he's not going to force the idea. And I, I love that answer, number one. Um, but number two, I'm very excited to see like two or three years down the road when we get this movie, because I for sure think we're getting it down the road. Um, Sean, Shit's Creek movie. I mean, I would love it um, because I absolutely love Schitt's Creek and I would watch it and I would adore it. Um, I have like my issues with just in general, you know, movies coming after TV shows. And I say to that, why don't you make another season then? And that's like my like thing um, with with uh, Schitt's Creek specifically. The story ended. I can't see them going for I know they can go further with each of their lives and stuff like that because some of their lives are beginning. but genuinely the story ended now that could they do you know you know a movie in a different situation or just follow certain characters they could i've seen how that goes i've seen el camino i don't want to see el camino ever again and uh, <laughs> by the way i'm referencing el camino the breaking bad uh movie that came out of a tv show and i unfortunately did not love that i know some people did um i think that most of the time the movie that comes out of the tv show is unfortunately a bit of a disappointment um, it never really works the right way because I will say movies and TV are rather different. And so, you know, you'd, you'd think they'd be the same. Now, I am a, once again, here comes the hypocrisy alarm because uh, the Many Saints of Newark coming out, the Sopranos movie that's going to be a Sopranos prequel, I am going to ingest that heavily and quickly because I cannot wait for a Sopranos movie that is a prequel. So once again, giant hypocrite. I just worry with something like Shit's Creek. Amazing. I want to watch everything. But will it 
like do the story justice? Is it needed to be told for the sake of the story? Because I think they zoomed it up perfectly. Zoomed it up is not a way to say that. They zipped it up. No, that's not. I don't know what I'm saying. They wrapped, it up. I to, I, they wrapped <laughs> it up just as you are doing right now. Brandon, thoughts? Um, I mean, I actually have not seen Schitt's Creek yet. I, I'm not a big TV guy. Only because to me, whenever I, just, I can't start watching a show without knowing that I have enough time to finish it. I'm hoping two Mounties come into your room and like take you away right now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. We don't actually call them though. I thought they're actually called. But we don't actually call them that. You know, like the 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 photo of like the actual Mountie. I don't think people have actually dressed like that since like the 1930s. We just have it for like uh, you TV know shows and movies. TV shows, movies, jokes. Um, whenever there's a new prime minister, uh, Remembrance Day, which you guys call Veterans Day. You know, it's the, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a funny joke for sure. Mountie. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. but um, why do you think all of us Canadians are just horny perverts? We call our <laughs> call our police Mounties. <laughs> and the and the capital of, of Saskatchewan, and I'm not joking here, is called Regina. That is the capital of Saskatchewan. Yeah, anyway, there are people in, in Central yeah. Pennsylvania. We have Intercourse, Pennsylvania. So I see your uh, oh, okay, vagina. In, inter Intercourse, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, where'd you guys meet? <laughs> oh, well, I'm from Intercourse, Pennsylvania, and she's from Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> and there's got to be some other. And here's our twelve kids. And here are twelve. Kids. <laughs> and here is Brandon's thoughts on if a Shit's Creek movie should come. Yes. What? Um. You know what? It, oh, you you said that wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, no, Sean's right with the whole like TV show to movie thing because most of the time, and I'm not an expert on this, but I'll use the Entourage movie as an example. Mm. That is a hour and a half long episode of Entourage. It's not a movie. It is an hour long episode of Entourage because as soon as you like that's the thing it can either be just a really long episode it's like if they made a friends movie would it just be like an hour and a half long friends episode or would you try to make a movie but then it gets cinematic and you're like this isn't friends <laughs> so you have the people who want a movie people want a long episode it's hard to but hey so i'm gonna say it, the only way it would work is if they killed chandler off or something like that <laughs> yeah you're, you're, if you're killing off anyone you're killing off ross <laughs> I actually think he is one of the unsung heroes of that show. Oh, but, totally. I'm like him all the time, but he needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how, how is he going to die if you're talking about murder? Or, is he going to so be he, in the Bruce Campbell uh, movie? He's, he's going to be going to Black Friday sales and uh, trying to get a PlayStation 5 for <laughs> one of his two kids. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Sex in the City is also one of those shows that is very similar to what you're saying, Brandon, where it's like right. a, just a longer uh, episode. But I think they like my idea with Shit's Creek is doing like a where are they now spoof mm -hmm. with Moira Rose and then looping in the family in some way. I think that would be hilarious. Like I can just see it starting with like, hello, you or like, you know, her how she talks and stuff. But um, I don't know. I love that show. So any any reason yeah. to watch more of it would be great. Um, are there any TV shows that went on to become movies that made that were actually good movies? I got to look that up. <laughs> TV shows. I honestly good looked TV. it up earlier and I could not, unfortunately, find one. Um, I, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah. 
were good adaptations. Well, we got to be on the first movie. Anybody? <laughs> well, that one is amazing. But um, we got to be careful here because you know something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, would that be considered? Um, how, how can I put this? Is that a um, the movie of a TV show or is that an adaptation? And that's the one thing I can start to think of is because you know technically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was an animated show. They did a live action adaptation. Now you could say, you know, shut the fuck up, Sean. There's no ba- real difference here. Who cares? But there's something about it where, like, you know, hey, if they did a Sex in the City movie with other actresses, animated actresses, <laughs> if they were animated, or if they were just other actresses playing those, that I wouldn't consider that like, you know, a TV show movie continuation. But yeah. that that is just me. I don't know. I actually have a list here. There's actually quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one, obviously, the best one, which I didn't even think about, is Good Burger. Based on the oh, Nickelodeon show, all that, that yes. with starring from The Godfather, Abe Bogota. <laughs> um, anyway, wonderful. Abe Bogota is in it. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, burger, uh, burger. We got Baywatch, um, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead do a Beavis and Butthead do America. That might be That's right. actually a legit. Awesome. Oh, I now have one that I'm just going to cut in quickly. And uh, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yeah. But they literally had like one or two seasons, and they're just like, let's make a movie. That's also um, like a long episode, though. I would argue. I haven't seen that one yet. I, it's real, it's the same shit they usually do. It's just a bigger story. It is. I'm trying to think. Like, it, it seems a little bit more. And here's our word we're going to use. It does seem a little bit more cinematic in how they do it. I think it is the same sort of structure of a TV sh- TV episode, maybe, because it gets a little bit larger, a little bit larger, and then all of a sudden it culminates into something gigantic, and then there's a very quick Deus Ex Machina that saves them. So, hmm, that's something I gotta think about. Did you guys know that Equalizer was based on a TV show? Oh. I didn't know that. Didn't, but it also, that's kind of similar to how I didn't know Mission Impossible was based on a TV show. uh, Yeah, yeah, it got bigger than the original. Yeah. Why didn't didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey, Mission that's Impossible, yeah. yeah. But that's one where um, I consider it an adaptation instead of like a you know movie coming from a TV show. Because it's not the same actors. And yeah, that's where I'm looking at it. Yeah, like because because what I saw was Scooby Doo, and it's like, oh, you can't really put Scooby Doo in there because Scooby Doo is an animated movie. Like it just doesn't yeah. really work the same way. Yeah, that. Well, then you get into the whole like, oh, it was it was a movie first, and then a show, and then that show spawned more movies. That like Winnie the Pooh did that too. Mm-hmm. You know, or. Um, uh, Pokemon. Pokemon was a show first. Power Rangers. I'm just going down the list. Recess. Saturday Night Live. So you have Blues Brothers. Wayne's oh, World. Recess kind of works. And Power Rangers actually works too in the the original films because yeah. they, they were films based on the or they had the characters from yeah. the show in those mm-hmm. films. Uh, same with Star Trek. Yeah, true. Those, oh, those yes, ones very true. Did, those ones actually did turn into movies. Yeah. Like cinematic yeah. movies, not long episodes. Yeah. Genuinely, like actual, like yeah, that's oh, I didn't even think of those. Yeah, Star Trek's a big one. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, hey, let's wrap this conversation up. Um, I want to talk about all of the new movies that we have coming out, and then we are going to talk about some of the uh, future movie releases. And I'll just ask you guys uh, your excitement level for each of each of those when we get to them. Sure. Um, but. Uh, Let's start off with what we have coming out this week. Uh, Christmas on the Square is now available on Netflix. That is the Dolly Parton movie. Hillbilly Elegy is on Netflix. Uh, that's now available. Brandon, did you watch Hillbilly Elegy? I did. Um, it 
it's weird. I reviewed it and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like an Oscar movie. And then I saw the <laughs> reviews come in. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, and people started text, uh, messaging me going, is this a real review? Like, are you fucking with us? And I'm like, no, I'm being serious, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I, this is a movie that I actually really enjoyed. And everyone just, yeah. And it's yeah. funny. Like, the script sucks. Why does it suck? I don't know. It just does. Well, I'm. Cool. Tell me more. <laughs> the big thing is that it's not faithful to the book, which, you know, shut up and watch the movie is what I say to that. Like, yeah. you know, read yeah. the book if you want to read the damn book. Like, or, yeah. or ask the guy what actually happened in his life. <laughs> you, you know? oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Iron Mask uh, is on video on demand. That's now available. Taylor Swift's Folklore, the Long Pond Studio Sessions, is sort of like a documentary musical, uh, like, you know, showing the, the behind the scenes of the um kind of what went into that that's coming out on disney plus tomorrow um, i know a lot of people are pumped about that the crude's new age uh is in theaters tomorrow here which is what brandon talked about earlier let him go which we talked about uh a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. um with diane lane and kevin costner is hitting video on demand tomorrow wednesday um happiest mm -hmm. season hits hulu tomorrow on wednesday the christmas chronicles 2 hits netflix tomorrow wednesday uncle frank which my review for that will be coming out uh sometime tonight which is tuesday um it will be on amazon prime video tomorrow between the world and me which is the adaptation of a book that was on hbo max this past weekend is going to be free on hbo max to anyone uh regardless of subscription or not uh, from November 25th to the 30th. Super Intelligence, which is starring Melissa McCarthy, hits HBO Max on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving here in the States. Uh, and then Black Beauty, which is a film that I... It's a remake uh, of, you know, the, the horse film uh, from years ago that I had heard about a while ago. And then suddenly when I was looking at the list of films coming out, I'm like, oh, that's coming out Friday. Okay. Well, cool. That's a dump. Um <laughs> So that should be interesting. Let's talk about future movies that are coming out. We found out that Freaky is hitting premium video on demand, which means it will probably have like a $19.99 cost on December 4th. Um, Brandon, you talked a little bit about that to us, about how it's kind of like one of those you either love it or you don't type of films. Well, like I wouldn't recommend spending 20 bucks to rent it at home unless you have a giant group of people at your house, which then I say... Do you not understand what the hell is going on in the world right now? <laughs> anyway, um, but you know what? If it was free on Netflix or if it was free on HBO Max or on Amazon or whatever, I would say if it interests you, go check it out. But I don't think it's worth spending $19.99 on. Yeah. Unless I mean, you like I... buy it on Blu-ray, or but I don't even think it's coming out on physical for a yeah, long time. A long time. I mean, yeah. I'll be watching it. <laughs> I'll pay that money. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm paying it. What are you talking about? I'm paying. We've got new movies. I need movies. I need, <laughs> I need to watch stuff. <laughs> I, will, I mean, if you do it, I hope you like it. Right? I hope you guys like it. <laughs> we also found out that Fatal is coming out uh, in theaters on December 18th. That is a film starring Hilary Swank and Michael Ealy. The tagline for it is a married man's life turns into a living nightmare when he has a one-night stand with a manipulative woman. <laughs> that seems very... Um, they made a movie about my life. Is that, <laughs> is, is that December 18th, 1994 that that's coming out? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Um, one that I'm really excited about, Promising Young Woman, is hitting video on demand December 25th. Mm. So I'm pumped about that movie. Yeah. I'm trying um, to get a screener for that one. I, I, that I just got my cool. offer for it today. Oh, nice. So you'll probably, I'm, I'm sure you'll be getting it shortly. 
Um, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, after our discussion last week about what would happen with Wonder Woman, we found out that it's hitting theaters in HBO and Max uh, December 25th. Notable about that is that there is no additional cost for it on HBO Max except your subscription. Um, so we'll be watching that. Um, Monster Hunter is coming out in theaters on December 25th, a video game adaptation starring Mila Jovovich. Um, I am reading really terrible things about it. <laughs> um, and I hope that's not true because it kind of looks like a fun, crazy movie. Yeah, there she is. Multipass. 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 The next one is one that I had talked about weeks ago, Sean, and you had tried finding a trailer for it and you were unable to. Um, Little Fish, uh, starring Olivia Cook and Jack O'Connell. It's essentially about a, uh, a world where there's a pandemic of sorts, but it impacts your memory and you start losing your memories. Um, I, I watched this as part of the Philadelphia Film Festival and really enjoyed it. They dropped a trailer for it tonight uh, and announced that it will be hitting theaters and VOD on February 5th. So that's a really I, I highly recommend that movie. I very much enjoyed it. Um, Coming to America, which was acquired by Amazon, will hit the streaming service of Prime Video on March 5th. Mm-hmm. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Uh, this is Sean's very upset about this. It's been delayed till Easter um, when it will be hitting theaters, hopefully. Uh, and then Boss Level, which is a sci-fi thriller starring Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson, has been acquired by Hulu and yet it does not yet have a date. So I think what's really fascinating about this is two things. One, we're seeing a lot of films that are moving to VOD or streaming. Um, two, we're also seeing a shorter window between theatrical release and uh, the um, uh, VOD um, you know, release. So that is where we're at. Um, let's see. Sean, why don't you tell us where we can find you? So you can find me at Math Teacher Movies on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, just I do all the different kinds of movie reviews, uh, you know, old movie reviews, new movie reviews, TV movie or TV movie, Jesus, uh, TV reviews, monologue Mondays, what the Oscars got wrong Wednesdays and final <laughs> shot Fridays. I make TV movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, TV movies. Uh, you know, it's so funny. As soon as you hear that term TV movie, it's just you automatically go like, oh, God, this isn't going to be shit. But you know what? Because of streaming and because of the pandemic, we're getting a lot more TV movies. And I know that if you want to find me, you can find me in this ice bucket because I'm frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, looked at, I looked at my camera I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just kissing my finger. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> and where do we find you on social, Brandon? Uh, yeah, so Brando Critic is my handle for everything, for YouTube, for uh, where you'll find the majority on my main content. Uh, then on Instagram, on Letterboxd, on Twitter, which it's hard to stay up to date with Twitter, man. You know, like I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to do a tweet every single day. I haven't been doing that. You know what I mean? So, but at Brando Critic on any social media platform you can think of, except for TikTok, I'm thinking, I'm like, what can I do for TikTok? But I can't think of anything so uh yeah youtube instagram and letterbox those are the main three you can find me at brennan may i recommend with twitter one thing that you do awesome on instagram is when you post a review you always ask a related question to it right um, which i think is awesome you can schedule on uh twitter okay um, and i i would just re- like definitely do that like post like uh, you know new review for x whatever and then ask your question um, right, because I think that that's one way you you do a really good job with that on your page, just getting that involvement. Thanks, man. I I uh, I try to 
ask a question about the movie, but sometimes it's, I try not to get the, the, um, the question so basic. Like I, for this one, when I reviewed the crudes, I'm like, what's your favorite animated sequel? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get some really funny questions. Uh, like someone said, I don't know if a three equals count, but toy story three, I'm like, it's still a sequel. <laughs> but anyway, that's I'm just teasing my fans a little bit. I love you all. Don't don't take that too seriously. But yes, um, Twitter, I'll, I'll do that for sure. There you go. There you go. Uh, so so uh, some announcements here um, before I tell you where you can find me. One is that uh, the Never Coming Soon podcast will be coming soon. Um, <laughs> as soon as uh, Apple gets its shit together with uh, its um, you know distribution of that podcast. We love you, Apple. Thank you for distributing this one. Um, but we hopefully that will be coming this week. Uh, the first episode I talked about on Instagram Live the other day uh, is going to be focused on Nicolas Cage's Superman Lives uh, from the mid 1990s. So that's going to be uh, it's it's a lot of interesting uh, information about what could have been with Clark Kent. Um, Sean, you are on a new podcast. Do you want to talk about that? I do. Yes, I totally forgot about doing this. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I am a uh, regular now on the Silver Screen podcast, which is available at HudsonRiverRadio.com and also available wherever you get your podcasts. So the Silver Screen podcast, it's uh, me, Mercedes and Big Jim. And we have an absolute blast talking about movies and going on long tangents. So I'm very well experienced in that, as you can see. <laughs> um, and Brandon, you have your next uh, Brando show coming up, right? Who? When is it? And who's your guest? Yes, so uh, Jaron from Jaron Talks Movies is going to be on the Brando show uh, this Friday. Next week, uh, which would be the Brando show is going to be on the Thursday, uh, December 3rd, because on December 4th, I believe I'm going to be talking with Talking TV podcast about The Mandalorian. And then the week after that, I'm trying to get Nathan Hale. Uh, He has his own YouTube channel on as well. I've been trying to get Austin Burke on the show for a long time. Uh, that man is a very busy man, and he's a very hard man to get a hold of. So we're uh, fingers crossed for that. And then I've been trying to get uh, Jeff from Films at Home. I've been trying to get him on. He agreed to it, and then he kind of got cold feet. Um, so and then again, <laughs> but then again, he doesn't do streaming. So again, it's not for everybody. So totally, uh, that's totally fine. I'm still trying to convince him, but again. We're, we're trying to get some bigger names on the show as well, but those are the names that you'll be able to find on the Brando show coming in the next couple weeks. Bigger names, huh? Well, fuck us. We were on it. Or, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, you know so what I, I mean. <laughs> bigger than me. Come on, man. Um, I, I'll also be on the Hallmarkies podcast on Wednesday of this week talking about uh, TV made-for-TV movies, two films from uh, the Hallmark Channel. They're doing their, like, 40 Christmas films. Um, one of them I actually really enjoyed for a made-for-TV movie. The other one I did not so much. So um, it's a really good conversation with Rachel Reviews. So check that out tomorrow. You can find me at GuideToMovies.com. Uh, guide to movies on Instagram, guide to movies one on Twitter. I have been playing with TikTok a little bit. I'm actually starting to really enjoy it. And you <laughs> fall into like TikTok holes when you're on there. So be careful. Uh, last night I was like, where did this hour and a half go? Because um, it is pretty entertaining. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, mainly on Stitcher, Apple, uh, Google, and Spotify. Uh, and then Sean PSA here. Let's like, this is going to be a big one, everybody, but. 
First of all, we always say wear your damn mask, but especially this week, oh my God, you might be with family. Please, if, you, if you're going to a place with your family, wear your mask almost all the time. Keep away from them the whole time. Um, if you're like, you know, hanging out with the Nana and Papa, please put a mask on. Please, please, please put a mask on them as well. Um, just, you know, be very careful this Thanksgiving. You know, we all love our families. We all want to be around them. We all want to be near them. And I totally understand that 100%, but just be very, very careful please. And we have yet to uh, enable sponsorships on this, but I do want to um, point out a company that uh, I'm familiar with mainly because a friend of mine is one of the co-founders of it, but it's a company called Wise Guys, W-I-S-E-G-U-I-S-E. They made a face mask that is rather durable uh, and has uh, a bunch of different uses. So um, it is it is made for someone on the go. Uh, it can be snapped into a uh, headband, a wristlet around your neck, but then pulls up and um, is, excuse me, super comfortable, protects against germs. Um, it's a snug fit so that glasses don't uh, fog up if you uh, wear glasses, which is a big one. That's really challenging with masks. Um, and it secures around the back of your neck instead of around the ears, which is also something that a lot of people have been complaining about. So check out wiseguys.com. Um, it's, it's a really great product. Um, I have been using it for a while now uh, and definitely recommend them. So um, that is not paid promotion or anything, but just saying if you need a mask and you want it to be comfortable, check that out. There are other ones out there as well. Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we hope yes, that thank you, you for having me. are going to uh, make it through your battles with your YouTube trolls. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not so much battles. It's it's more like a it's like a fun ball pit. <laughs> well enjoy your ball pits that sounded weird we are going to move on here and have a great night yes thank you guys bye